Not infrequently have I had an interaction with a person that goes something like this, out there, you know, amongst the pagans. Um, oh, you're a priest? A, a Catholic priest? Yeah, Catholic priest. There's really no other kind of priest. Um, well, Orthodox priest. Um, you're a priest? Oh, yeah. Well, I used to be Catholic. You used to be Catholic. You're still kind of Catholic, right? Well, I, I don't go to church. Well, that makes you a pretty typical Catholic. <laughs> well, I couldn't go back to church, though, because, you know, if I go back to church, the, the ceiling would fall in and lightning from heaven would strike me dead before I ever got into a church. I have heard that kind of thing so many times. So many times. Um, or other people who, who remark maybe about confession. Oh, I, could, I could never, I can't go to confession. Father, your ears would be burning. Right. Because after 19 and some years, I haven't heard everything. I heard everything within a month. <laughs> and by the way, just so you know, you're not all that original. <laughs> There's only 10 commandments. It doesn't take that long to hear them all. Um, but, you know, this idea behind all of that is, how can I go back? How could I possibly get back to church? For these people, it seems like such a gulf between where they're at and where God is that they really question whether they could ever get there. So that's one sort of interaction or you know, general group of people that I often meet. On the other side of the coin, I, I also have met a, throughout my priesthood, a group of people who go to church. They go to church, and they're very, very faithful to going to church. And they're, they're really, really clear that they do all the right things. You know, they do everything by the letter of the law. They do it all, you know, perfectly. And this group of people usually needs other people to know that they do everything by the letter of the law and they do everything perfectly. I mean, it's none of you. It's over at St. James, you know. I don't mean you, you know, nobody here. <laughs> well, we have the same sort of dynamic going on in today's gospel. So Jesus is teaching as he does, as he did, and people are coming to him. Well, who's coming to him? The sinners and tax collectors. The tax collectors were so bad that they couldn't just be grouped in with sinners. Right? So, so they had to, Luke had to make a point that, you know, sinners and even tax collectors were listening to Jesus. You know, back then, tax collectors were not well thought of, you know, as opposed to now. But the reason is because, well, everyone knew that, that people had to tell, collect taxes, you know, and you had tax collectors. And it, it was one thing, it was bad enough that they would collect taxes, you know, a Jew from another Jew on behalf of, of the Roman government, the Roman Empire. But what these tax collectors would do that really made them awful is they would extort and get more than they needed. And part of that was so, you know, their cut or their way to make a living but, you know, some of them really got ahead 
by extorting more and more from the people. This is not a way to gain favor. So they were especially hated. So sinners and tax collectors, which is apparently lower than even sinners. So they're all coming to listen to Jesus. He's spending all this time with those kinds of people. People who, you know, might, we might equate with those on the outside who wonder if God is approachable. You know, they know they're sinners. All these people that I spoke of in that first group, they all know what they lack. There's no illusion in their minds about what they are and what they ought to be. But the Pharisees had a lot of illusions. You know, their illusion was they didn't need anything. Their illusion was they weren't really sinners, they were righteous. They were doing all the right things. So they didn't really need a savior. How do you need a savior if you don't think you need to be saved? You don't need a doctor unless you know that you're unwell, as the Lord has said. And so who is the Lord going to? He's going to the people who know that they need him. They know that they need him. They know that they have this lack, right? They know that they have this this place for God, but it's not being filled, and so they're searching, they're looking for him. But the Pharisees are not, and they're jealous that the Lord is spending time with those. He should be spending time with us. We're the good people. Why isn't he spending time with the good people? And then the Lord gives those two parables, the lost sheep and and the lost coin. You know, when a shepherd loses a sheep, all the ones that are fine are fine, right? They're, they're all in the pen or in the flock or I don't know what shepherds do. But they're all fine. But one's gone. One's not there. And when one is lost, you have to find it. You have to go in search of it. Because it's dangerous. It's dangerous out there. All right? The sheep, sheep are not exactly very self-sufficient. Right? It's dangerous with all the the other animals out there. They can be killed, etc. So the shepherd goes in search of that. When he finds the lost one, he rejoices. You know, think of it as a parent. You might have, for, for parents who have multiple kids, you know, one, one kid, let's say you have three, a couple kids are doing fine, they're doing all right, but one isn't doing so well. You know you have to give more attention to the one who's not doing well. It's just what you do. Because that one's lost, right? And right now, brothers and sisters are nudging each other, saying, you're the lost one. (laughs) You know, but as a parent, and that's why sometimes, even, you know, teenagers and kids, that's why sometimes your parents might focus a little bit more on one of the other ones, because they need some help. That's what you do, right? And so Jesus does the same thing. He's after the ones who are lost. The ones that are safe are safe. Right? They, they don't need that kind of focus and attention. The Pharisees couldn't understand this. They wanted more attention. What we, what we see in this gospel is that it's Christ who is always in search of us. It's Jesus who's always looking for us. That's, that's you know, the, these are the, the parables he's using. Jesus is searching for us. And he's searching for every single person, as it were. Right? I mean, there's certainly those who are really lost. 
But every single one of us has deficiencies. Every single one of us is a sinner. We ought not fall into the illusion that we're fine. We ought not fall into the illusion that we don't need a Savior. We need a Savior desperately because we are sinners. Every single one of us. You might be thinking, Father, I'm the worst one here. Well, you might be. (laughs) I mean, somebody's got to be worse. The worst. It would probably be a good disposition if every single one of us thought it was us. Maybe I'm the worst. I don't know. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. You might be the worst. You You might have found yourself coming to church today wondering... I don't know if I can, maybe you were thinking the roof was going to cave in. It's a sturdy roof. You might be thinking, I, I don't really know, you know, about God. I don't, I don't really know if he wants me or, or if I might be rejected. What we read constantly, time and time again, is the Lord never rejects someone who comes to him because he's always in search of us. The only time we can ever really get away from him is if we definitively turn away, turn our backs to him, and we reject him. But if we're trying, if we're trying even a little bit, right, even a little bit, you're like, well, I'll go to church, but I ain't going to sing those songs. No offense. (laughs) They all sit on that side, by the way. (laughs) No one's going to sit on that side anymore. It's going to be like packed over here. We're like four people on that side. You know, I'll go to church, but I don't know how much I want to give. Fine. You know, of myself, I want to give. Fine. Get here. Well, you know, we're kind of up and down, Father. All right, get here. Well, we're here, you know, every week, but, but, but I have doubts. Fine. Get here. Just get here. Keep trying. Keep moving forward. The Lord will never reject us if we keep moving forward. It's his initiative. It's always God's initiative. It was his initiative to create, his initiative to create us particularly, his initiative to send his son to redeem us. He loves sinners. He loves those who who wonder, who question, who are not sure, who think that maybe they're not perfect. He loves those people particularly. Do not give up. Do not give up. Keep coming back. Even if there's the smallest, faintest ember of faith that resides in your heart, the Lord will fan that into a flame. You just have to give him time. Be patient, but be persistent. Please stand.